Hey, food friends, and welcome to the Food Founders Podcast, your number one spot to get mentoring, guidance, and behind the scene learnings to help you understand what it really takes to launch, grow, and scale your packaged food or beverage business. On the show, you'll hear from food founders at various stages of growth, and you'll hear from me and my 14 years of packaged food and beverage experience. Each episode is packed with insights, inspiration, and learning to help you on your food business journey. I'm your host, Ainsley, and this is the Food Founders Podcast. Before we jump into today's show, I want to thank our sponsor, the Food Brands That Sell program. Food Brands That Sell is a six-week deep dive into the CPG industry and teaches you how to win within that industry by creating a brand that you, retailers, and consumers love. Here's what a recent alumni had to say about the program. I am so grateful that I chose to do Food Brands That Sell. I learned so much about myself, my journey, and my company. These six weeks changed how I'm doing my business, and I can see the difference already. I no longer feel alone. If you aren't already on the waitlist, hop on over to foodbrandsthatsellwaitlist.com or grab the link below to make sure that you are first to know when the program is accepting new students. All right, let's dive into today's episode. Hey, food friends, and welcome to the Food Founders Podcast. I am excited today to have Patrick Stark from Endurance Tap on the show. Got a fantastic product for all of you endurance athletes out there. Patrick, welcome to the Food Founders Podcast. Well, thank you, Ainsley. I'm super pumped to be here. Patrick, can you just open it up and share with everyone what is Endurance Tap? Yeah, absolutely. So Endurance Tap is the best digesting gel on the market. It's an all-natural alternative to more traditional energy gels. We started the company about seven years ago for you know sort of personal reasons. My co-founder and I wanted uh, better products. And um, we arrived at a recipe that uses Canadian maple syrup as the base ingredient. So it's a super Canadian product. And it's uh, like super tasty. Like I said, best digesting, become a bit of like a cult favorite among endurance athletes. I mean, first of all, maple syrup, the Canadian in me loves this. I'm like, this is fantastic. And maple syrup has so many great properties for rejuvenating your body. So it makes a ton of sense to have it in a gel like this. Yeah, absolutely. It's, um, you know, when we started looking into, you know, how we're going to formulate the product, we realized maple syrup is like the perfect fuel for athletes. It has, uh, you know, over 54 antioxidants, a bunch of other sort of minerals and compounds. So all we did is add uh, sea salt and ginger. And so the sea salt is for, to bring the sodium up and the ginger is actually digestivate, which is part of the reason we're the best digesting gel. Okay. So super clean ingredients that we have here. It's just really, really simple. Gives people that, that those, I, I am not, I'm not an athlete, so I'm not using the correct language, but using, giving you all of the energy that you need to keep with those endurance sports here. Yeah, absolutely. So Gels are products that athletes take while they're doing whatever it is they're doing, right? Running, cycling, whatnot. And it's sort of a quick hit of energy. So all the products on the market are some sort of sugar. So it really comes down to like, do you want to be taking maltodextrin while you're exercising and trying to lead a a healthy life? Or do you want to take a natural product like maple syrup? That makes so much sense. Okay. So 
I'm assuming that there might be some production issues in the fact that we're using all natural pieces here. How have you guys managed the production of this, knowing that uh, we are using all natural ingredients for something like this compared to some of the competitors out there who are using words that we can't pronounce to put in our body and fuel endurance for it? Doesn't really make sense to me, but. Yeah, I mean, excellent question, excellent point. That's sort of what we're all about is ingredients you can pronounce versus ingredients you can't. And obviously it means we don't have preservatives or any of those sorts of things in our product. So my co-founder, Matt, and I, neither of us have a food background. Uh, when we started the company, it started with a lot of Googling and talking to people and trying to figure it out. Now, luckily in Canada, there's this whole, whole sort of infrastructure of um, maple syrup providers and products, and there's best practices on how to create maple products. And so we had some guidance in that direction in terms of creating a shelf-stable, safe product. But it was really just you know us researching it, figuring it out ourselves. And then as you alluded to the packaging, which is super important, right? Because people are taking it with them while they're running. So it can't be any sort of traditional, normal package. That was a major challenge for us. We really struggled to find the right form factor of packaging that we could also fill ourselves. That wasn't something that required like a large you know, production facility to produce. How long did it, did it take you guys to find like the package that you feel confident with going into market? Or, and has it changed along the way as well? Yeah. So, <laughs> so we started the business seven years ago and how long did it take? until we were like fully confident in our packaging, I'd say about six and a half years. Yeah. Um, so, so we've had a, a, some evolution along the way, so to speak. So when we start, so we're totally bootstrapped. When we started, we had this blank packaging we bought from a company in California. Our first prototypes, believe it or not, we had to seal the pouch with a hair straightener. We had a sticker that we put on it and we like hand stamped it, right? It was like, you know, like every pouch took us like minutes to, to produce. So that's where it started. And then we moved to contract manufacturer for the Empty packaging uh, overseas. We started to have a lot of quality issues with that. We moved to a North American uh, partner, uh, Cheerpack, who's like a premier spout pouch manufacturer. They do all the baby foods and whatnot. Super high quality product. So that was great. The issue was that we couldn't find co-packers that we could work with that didn't require like giant MOQs. Like totally, like we'd be like, oh, that's like five years supply for us. So we just this past year moved into a form fill seal pouch, which is like a little tear top pouch, which is actually like a lot more common in this industry. 70% less plastic, super important to us. It's a fantastic pouch. It has a little feature to keep the top on when you tear it. So people don't litter, probably one of the smallest form factors on the market. And we're working with a co-packer now, uh, which is like a complete uh, game changer. That's amazing. I mean, quite the evolution of going through it all. And like, yeah, I mean, you got to start with just, you guys knew that you had a great product. And you wanted to like get it out there and you're going to put it however, however you can and then evolve it over time, which makes so much sense. Yeah, absolutely. I think it was just like get it going yeah. at the beginning. And then, I mean, we've learned endlessly <laughs> since then. And so, I mean, you and your co-founder are both endurance athletes, correct? Correct. So you're both endurance athletes. How did you use that community that you were already a part of? to help get the word out about the product and help um, get feedback about it. I would imagine that's a great little advantage that you have, you know, right there that you are very much a consumer and the community is pretty tight. Yeah, absolutely. So, so Matt and I, my co-founder Matt, we're um, actually high school buddies. So we've known each other for a long time. We both sort of came into running at the same time, but separately. And um, when I came up with the idea for endurance tap, he's the first person I thought of to call and say, like, hey, dude, like, I think this is something interesting. So what we did once we 
came up with the formula and doing that, we sort of expanded out until we kept adding things until we had the realization when we took out everything we can take out and still have the product we need. So we sort of like went with the most minimal possible formula, which is where we ended up. So we made these little sample pouches and through a, a sort of connection of ours, we went into Black Toe Running, which is a fantastic running store in Toronto and sampled them to one of their marathon training groups on a weekend. And we all took, you know, we took them all out to brunch afterwards and had a sort of a chat and also just a formal little survey that they filled out. And it like blew our mind how much people love the product. So, I mean, Matt and I liked it, but like, well, we came up with it. Of course, we're going to like it, right? It's our baby. But we took it to Black Toe, the runners used it and they were, people were like, I'm not kidding. They were like, I will pay you $10 a pouch. This is the only thing I've ever <laughs> been able to stomach without having issues. And I'm training for my first marathon and this is going to like, you know, change my life type thing. And we're like, okay, there's something here. It was such a validation point for us. And we need to sort of like push it from here. That is huge validation right there for sure. Cause I mean, yeah, I think those gels are not the greatest for people. I mean, you know, you're an endurance uh, athlete. A lot of people like they're a means to an end and you have to do it. And finally having a great solution for that. So talk to me about how you have gone about infiltrating even more of the um, endurance athlete communities to get them to know, like, trust and love um, endurance tap. Yeah, you know, I think something that, you know, we've come to realize is that the it, it is, quite honestly, like the best product on the market, um, but that only takes us so far. And so at the beginning, we probably tried to rely on that too much and we sort of had to evolve how we were doing things. And so we did a, a couple of things. We started working with a national distributor. They got us into quite a few retailers across Canada, which was fantastic. So we were in about a thousand doors uh, pre-COVID, including some larger retailers like Sportcheck, MEC, Bulkburn. And then we also worked with a lot of races. We did sampling at races. That's our number one, like versus say paid social or, or paid search or something. The ROI for us on sampling is just so much better. So we put a lot of effort into like, okay, we, we can't be in BC sampling. How do we set this up so that we can have a race director, you know, put it in race kits and, and that sort of thing. So we did that. And then we did, you know, work with people online, of course. Um, I won't say like influencers, uh, but we have a team of athlete ambassadors called Team Tap. And they're like folks that are like super passionate about the company. And they work with us to sort of spread the word. And we like hook them up with some, you know, free product and we do contests and different things like that. And they've been a really key part in sort of like grassroots organically spreading the word. Tap. I love that name. I love that we have a name for them. And they're like your grassroots grassroots feet on the ground pushing this out. Has how long has that have you had that as part of your business model? Because yeah, I see that as a great piece for you guys for sure. Obviously you do too. Yeah, um, since the beginning, really. Okay. So, I mean, yeah, we got like up and running. We started Team Tap with like, you know, a couple of people that just started loving the product right off the bat. It was very small. Now, this year, there's over 200 athletes on that team. So it's grown. But yeah, we've actually had it since the beginning. It's sort of ebb and flowed in how we manage it. And this year, for the first time, we have two community leaders, which is great from the team that are sort of like leading up um, contests and sort of they're super engaged uh, in social and whatnot. And so we're pretty excited to see how this year goes with that group. Makes so much sense for your community, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And talk to me about how you and Matt manage running a business together. I mean, childhood friends, I guess we could say high school, like childhood friends. Yeah, it's childhood. Um, <laughs> you know, how how has it been running a business with, with a co-founder, with a friend? How has that worked for you guys? So I think both of us would say the, uh, the same thing, which is we would never have made it this far if we hadn't been working together. It's so hard 
you know, pushing a company along like this. And until last spring, it was actually a side hustle for the two of us. You know, we both had fairly demanding full-time jobs. So it was, you know, like evenings and weekends and and all this sort of thing. So it's been, for me, one of the highlights of Endurance Tap has actually been the working relationship with Matt's been fantastic. We both bring different skills to the table. My background's in industrial design and engineering and his background's actually in uh, sort of like uh, content marketing and, and agency side stuff. So the combination of my sort of operational uh, and product background with his marketing and branding background is is a like a good fit. And we... You know, we fundamentally, I think, agree on overarching principles, but we sort of check each other on things, which is important. There's no point in having a partner if you agree on everything. So, you know, we we work really well in that way. Those are very much complementary skills. Like, that's awesome for you guys, for sure. Yeah. (laughs) And so you mentioned this was a side business for a couple of years up until recently. How did you manage? How did you manage that? And then also... At what point did you did you guys realize that okay, you know, maybe this can be more of a full time thing now versus the side business? So there's a couple parts, a couple answers to the question. So I think in terms of managing it, it got really hard, right? It got harder and harder as the company grew. So I don't have necessarily like, you know, I use this special time management technique and I slice my day up and I'm like, you know, whatever. No, it's just like come home from work walk the dog, make dinner, and then sit down in front of the computer and, and keep working. So it's really just like a grind, right? Like really that's that's how we got through it, which I don't really like to like glorify. Like it was hard. I don't think it's necessarily the best uh, way to do things, but that's how we did it. And in terms of jumping into it full time, like I'd like to reference this cartoon I saw where there's these two guys pulling this cart and it has square wheels. And then there's someone standing behind them with like a round wheel trying to show it to them. And they're saying like, no, no, we don't have time. Like we're busy, right? And so that was the way it was with Matt and I. It was like, putting out fires, not putting in, like, ironically, in our day jobs, we'd be putting in systems and processes and managing teams and whatnot. And then, you know, with the side hustle, it would just be like, Band-Aid solution, put out fire, Band-Aid solution, put out fire. So it got to the point where it's like, okay, this is getting really hard to manage. We're scaling to the point where we need to have this thing organized, like, in a better way. And that's going to take some full-time effort. And so that that was the sort of catalyst for me to jump into it. How did you feel with that from like, was it a difficult piece to do from like a mental piece in terms of like, okay, I'm going all in from this on a full-time basis. Were you you scared? Were you like, no, this feels 100% right? What was the mindset shift there? So, you know, there was definitely some concern about it. I knew it was the right thing to do. But it, there was definitely like some some element of risk, right? I'm sort of like leaving a bit of a safety net. But at the same time, I always think that people misunderstand risk a lot. And having a full-time job with a paycheck doesn't mean that when you go into work on Monday, you're not going to get laid off or who knows what, right? So like we, we sort of have this perception of stability when we're getting a paycheck that other than the fact you're probably going to get a severance if you get you know kicked out, isn't really there. And so I think like in life, we have to sort of just jump on these things when the opportunity presents itself. And so that's the way I was thinking about it. But that doesn't like negate the fact that it worried me and sort of like, you know, it was a, it was a, a major change for me. So it was obviously, a, um, you know, I, I considered sort of many aspects of it. Absolutely. And is Matt full-time in it right now as well? No. So what we decided to do is in terms of point the company's at, the revenue, sort of how much we can support, it was going to be much higher level of strain on the business to try and support both of us. So we decided to sort of set it up in a way where one of us would be on it full-time, the other one would support them in the ways that they could while they were working and sort of like work through that way. It, I think it works quite well. We accomplished a lot since last April when I you know, jumped into it. I love that. Yeah, it's really scary to go from like 
you know, someone else paying everything to the full business, putting it all. Um, but I really like that mindset that you say there, where it is kind of this illusion of safety when we're working for someone else. And, you know, it doesn't necessarily exist. We might think it does, but it certainly doesn't as we see time and time. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's great. Um, so talk to me about what is what is next for Endurance Cap? Where are you guys headed? You guys probably have a ton of great processes in place now. What else uh, can we expect to see from you guys? Yeah, so I think, you know, we have a couple of focuses this year. One of them is the U.S. market, which has been a real tough uh, nut for us to crack. So we, I mentioned before, we were in about a thousand doors across Canada and then south of the border, you know, a dozen or so. And obviously the math would tell you it should be, you know, the other way around. So we've sort of tried a variety of things in the States and now we're doubling down on a bit of a D2C strategy for the US. So we're not, we'll continue working with the retailers we have, but we're not going to put effort into trying to acquire more retailers. We're going to go directly to consumers. Uh, Also our FBA business on Amazon in the US is growing very well. So those are our two sort of points of focus in terms of growing the business, continuing to nurture Canada, as I mentioned before, Team Tap this year, I think is going to do awesome things. So we'll put energy into that and just uh, keep moving forward. Very exciting. Man, when, once you guys tap the US market, um, it, that, that'll be huge for you guys as well. Because like it, the, that's some good traction that you've had in Canada for sure. And obviously, there's a lot of athletes in the US that wants to get their hands on this uh, amazing product, this amazing Canadian maple that you have uh, and Absolutely. available from people. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. What what advice would you have for anyone who is, you know, in the business? Uh, you know, you have recently left full time to go into the business full time after being in in it in the business for a while. So for someone who is maybe thinking, heck, should I maybe go full time? I'm thinking about it. What advice would you have for for that food founder? So, you know, something I actually think about fairly often with Endurance Tap is what would have happened if seven years ago Matt and I had just jumped into it full time, right? So we started it at that point and thought, okay, we'll do this as a bit of a side thing. You know, we can support it with our full time jobs, and and we did. But you're really, really hamstringing your growth. You know, you never you, you never know what would have happened. But I feel like we'd be just multitudes larger if we had done that. Now it's easy to say that now, going back in time, when you have you have bills to pay and you want to jump into it, it's not necessarily you know that viable. But what I would say to somebody who's considering that is. If it's possible to do, do it. Like even if there's a strain, right? Even if to, I don't know, cancel your Disney subscription or something. Like it's probably worth it to pinch pennies and grind for a couple of years. It'll pay dividends in the long run. So I would say, you know, don't put yourself at risk, sort of like financially. But it, as long as there's some way you can do it, I mean, whatever you're, you know, sleep in your parents' basement or something. I think it's probably worth doing. Patrick, where can people find you if they want to get their hands on some endurance tops? Yeah, so um, endurancetap.com uh, would be the place to start. Uh, we always encourage folks to go to our store finder. We you know, want people to go to retailers, uh, but if there's nowhere close to them, they can buy directly on the website. We're also on Amazon. We're a prime item both in uh, the States and in Canada. So that's an easy way to grab a six pack or something if you need it tomorrow. And yeah, and I mean, like I said, retailers, uh, we're in a lot of retailers in uh, across Canada, scattering in the States. So people can find us there. Fantastic. Cool. Endurance tap. Love what you guys are doing for the endurance community. Love how you are finally bringing forward a clean 
product for this market that absolutely needs it and values your product so more so much. So I can't wait to continue to watch you guys grow and keep doing all the great things that you're doing, Patrick. Well, thank you so much, Ainsley. I really enjoyed the chat. That's it for this week, food friend. Thanks for tuning in. If the show helped you in any way, please go ahead and leave a rating or review of the show below. I also want to thank our sponsor one more time, the Food Brands That Sell program, the program to transform how you navigate the CPG industry and ultimately sets you up for success within it. Go ahead and get yourself on the waitlist using the link below, or you can put yourself on the waitlist at foodbrands.sellwaitlist.com. Catch you next time, food friend.